Here at Doxedo Hatfield, we are a family on mission. Make sure to get connected by joining us at one of our Sunday services. We hope you enjoy today's message. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, it's a very big honor and uh, privilege for me to be here at Hatfield uh, this morning. I have just been hearing a lot of good things from uh, Joe in our meetings. It was uh, the first time that I am here today. And um, I was here to do the online last week. And uh, you've got such a very nice venue. I really love the venue because uh, <laughs> it's, it's very welcoming. It doesn't have that churchy feeling, you know. How it <laughs> yeah, you feel very welcomed and uh, it doesn't uh, give you a lot of, uh, you can easily mingle. Amen. So... Ours is a 100% church building, so when you're walking in, you know that's a church. But uh, this one is uh, that space where you really feel uh, comfortable, and uh, I'm very, very privileged to be here. Thank you very much, Joe and uh, Shaw, for inviting me to come. My wife is not feeling well, so she decided to stay away. You can. There's somebody who wants to come into church. Maybe somebody can help him. Praise God. Yeah, so she said uh, she was going to stay away. And uh, so our daughter and herself, they said they are going to be uh, watching everything online. Yeah, so if you don't mind, we can just uh, pray before we start. Father God, we thank you so much this morning. We give you all the praise, all the glory and honor for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you that today you have allowed us, dear Lord, to gather in this place and to just share and fellowship one with another. So even as we share the word today, I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you will use me as a vessel as you speak to your children this morning. So I pray and I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to bring uh, Tswane Central greetings to all of us. And um, I've been at Tswane Central now for the past five years. My wife and I, we've been pastoring that uh, congregation for about five years now. Actually, it was five years in June, 1st of June. Yeah, that's when it turned uh, five years. And uh, it's been a very good, good ride uh, God has been showing up in a lot of, a lot of uh, good ways. And it's good to have uh, Taiki in the congregation. Taiki is the one that really just keeps all of us in line. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's doing a lot of good work for, for Dr. Deo. And to have him here today, you know, when I saw him here, I was like, okay, this is a one of the most blessed environments of Dr. Dale to have Taiki in here. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So this morning, we are going to be talking about um, uh, no more effort. You know, no more effort, how to deal with shame and guilt. So bef- uh, as we are going to start, let's just go to our Bibles and uh, read from Ephesians chapter 5, 
from verse 15 to 17. The Bible says, look carefully, then how you walk. Which means that if you don't look carefully how you walk, you may just walk wrongly. It says, live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. So, that passage of scripture, I can keep you on that passage of scripture for a very, very long time because it talks about um, the fact that it's very easy as a Christian, first of all, not to walk in line with what God has done for your life. Which means that if you are not purposeful and if you are not uh, watching, there's a very big possibility that you may walk inaccurately. Now, if you walk inaccurately, it means that you are a child of God and uh, God loves you but you are not getting the benefits and you are also not really getting everything that you are supposed to get from God because your walk is out of alignment with how God wants you to, to be. So I will give you an example. I have a friend of mine. His name is Paul. So you can hear the name Paul is very South African, isn't it? The name Paul is very South African because it means gift. Now, Paul, when he was very little, like maybe uh, Joe's youngest girl, his father and mother ran away from South Africa during the time of uh, the apartheid uh, system. So they ran away and they lived in Zambia and they lived uh, in Tanzania for a very long time when they left Zambia. And Paul, because he was very young, didn't know how to speak Zulu. And he didn't know how to speak Sutu. He only knew how to speak Swahili. So he grew up in Tanzania as a South African Tanzanian. So, he was 100% South African, but he lived like a Tanzanian. And when people started coming back from exile to come back to South Africa, his parents came back to South Africa. He had to relearn how to live as a South African, even if he was a South African. I, I, are you seeing what I'm saying? So, a lot of people, because we grow up outside the church, and most of the times, even when we are in church, because of the teachings that are in the church, most of the times, we are South Africans, Tanzanians. And we have to relearn to live how to 
we have to relearn to live like a South African. So Paul had to relearn to speak Zulu. He had to relearn how to speak Zulu. He had to relearn how to speak Afrikaans, the languages that are his languages. So in the same way, if you are not careful, you are going to live like a Tanzanian in South Africa. And if you live that way, there is a very big possibility you will not get all the benefits that you are supposed to get as a South African. So during the time that he was away of, out of this country, he never lived to enjoy the things that are supposed to be enjoyed as a South African. When he comes back, if he is not careful, he doesn't learn the language. He doesn't learn the laws. And he doesn't learn all these things that are supposed to help him to align with his new uh, life, which is already his life. He wasn't going to, to, uh, to really feel that uh, he has come back. So I'm just giving you that story because it's going to help us this morning to know what I am uh, trying to drive home this morning. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, the Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now, if Paul is warning us of walking worthy of our calling, it means that we can walk unworthy. Because Paul was not writing to unbelievers. Actually, Paul was writing to children of God, people that had become children of God, people that were walking with God, people that had become born again, but he was telling them that there is a possibility of you guys walking out of alignment. You may walk unworthy of the calling that is on your life. So you are a child of God, but walking unworthy like Paul. <laughs> he is a hundred percent South African, but he is Tanzanian. He speaks Swahili. Our walk is a product of our understanding of the depth and breadth of our salvation. If you don't understand the depth and the breadth of the salvation that you have, there is a very big possibility you will walk unworthy of the calling that is upon your life. The calling of being a child of God. You know, uh, in our house most of the times, this is uh, my son Jethro. I came with my son Jethro. That's our firstborn son Jethro. Now, when Jethro and his sister does something that is not okay, usually the mother says to them, no, 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 no. As a mwale, we don't do this. So what she is trying to reinforce is that what he has done doesn't mean that he has stopped being a mwale, but he is doing something outside what being a mwale is all about. And in the same way, there are a lot of children of God because they don't understand the depth and the breadth of their salvation. They don't live out of their real identity. 
Because your identity precedes your behavior. If you don't understand who you really are, what will happen is that you are going to behave unworthy of who you are. So that is how a person, you see, I always say, uh, uh, Joe was telling us this morning that uh, Mr. Ramaphosa is going to be speaking uh, to us this morning. I mean, this evening. Now, what, is go- what happens is that when you see Mr. Ramaphosa this, mo- this evening, there's a very big possibility he will be wearing a jacket and he will be wearing a tie and he will be looking like a president. Are you seeing what I mean? Now, if Mr. Ramaphosa decided to come and uh, with a hoodie, you know, like uh, a hoodie, <laughs> you know, and in shorts, and you know, like uh, a t-shirt, you know, written something here, like, uh, you know, like, uh, how's it? <laughs> you know, the thing is that he will be still a president, but what he is doing, it's not the suit that makes him a president. Because he is a president, he can't come with houses. Are you saying that it's not the other way around? It's not the clothes that makes him the president. Because he is a president, he wears certain clothes when he's appearing in public. So many times, we don't understand that. Now, when you look at uh, 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 Adam, when Adam was created... And then he sinned. The Bible says that when he sinned, something happened to him. And when something happened to him, there is an alteration to his behavior that took place. And that alteration to his behavior is still a very big problem with a lot of people today. Now let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 3 verse 9 to 11. The Bible says, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Now, when you look at Adam, the sin that Adam committed disturbed his identity. And that is why it altered his behavior. So everything he did was motivated by fear. Everything he did was driven by fear. And when fear is driving your relationship, when fear is driving your behavior, when fear is a motivation for everything that you do, two things happen. That's why he says, I I feel naked. What does feeling naked mean? Shame. God said to him, did you eat what I said you shouldn't eat? Who told you that you were naked? You see, many times when we feel shame, we feel exposed. And then the second thing is that because of the fear, he, the Bible says I, he was hiding. Do you know what to hide means? When you are guilty, what do you do? 
you shrink, you, you, you hide. You don't, you don't go all out to be yourself. So this morning, let's look at these two uh, manifestations of fear, these two problems of people's behavior. The first thing that we are going to look at this morning is our uh, shame. Now, people walk in shame when they are not in very, very good understanding of grace. When you don't understand grace, you will walk in shame. And what does shame do? Shame makes you feel exposed. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, 5 to 6. It says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. When you have shame, it's very easy for you to feel unaccepted. And when you feel unaccepted, your whole life, is going to be driven by performance. You would want to compensate for things, to do things so that you can be accepted. Have you seen uh, when somebody has done something that they feel guilty about, they, 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 they exaggerate being nice? Because they are trying to achieve something they are trying to, to cover up something because of what they feel. Now, the Bible says that when Adam and Eve sinned, they took fig leaves and they covered their shame. You know, when you cover yourself with fig leaves, here is my advice. They will dry and fall off. It's not a good strategy. Covering yourself with something that cannot last is not good. That is how a lot of people live their lives. Instead of receiving grace, they are trying to achieve it by doing certain things, trying to attract God's attention. The Bible says you have already been accepted. Get on with the program of living. Instead of aspiring to be like Christ, you are already like Christ. You just have to live it out. Don't try to achieve. Try to receive and try to live worthy of the calling that you already have been called by God. I don't think that my son tries very hard to be a moale. He is a moale already. Sometimes he veers off. But that does not make him not a moale. He is every time a moale. All he has to do, he has to understand how to live out what he already is, like Paul. So we try to aspire to something instead of acknowledging what we are and live from that premise. So like I say, the president doesn't uh, try to wear certain clothes to be a president. Because he is a president, he tries by all means 
you know, to look a certain way. Now, the second thing that happens out of fear is guilt. When a person is guilt, I used to read a lot of James Hadley Chess novels. You know, when I was young, uh, they're crime novels. So, one of the titles of those novels is called The Guilty Are Afraid. Now, when you are guilty, what the, the type of behavior that you, you exhibit is that of holding back. That of holding back. You fail to accept that you have been forgiven. A person who is guilty, guilty is a person who has failed to acknowledge that it is okay. They are still feeling like because of what I did, it's not okay. So when you come and somebody did something terrible to you and then you are being nice, what they will do is that they will hold back if they haven't accepted the forgiveness that you have given them. And there's a lot of people that have not accepted the forgiveness of God upon their lives. Why? Because they still feel, no, he can't be this nice to me with all the stuff I've done. So at the back of their minds, they still want to do certain things to achieve their forgiveness. No, Christ already did everything. You just have to receive the forgiveness. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 8, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. So, in other words, Christ has forgiven you. You are forgiven. And you need to walk worthy of the forgiveness that Christ has uh, given you. Now, our guilt, our guilt leads to us to try and fix in us the damage that we feel is still there instead of living out the restoration that Christ has already done in our lives. So we are very much quick to see how bad we are instead of very much quick to look at how good Christ has made us. We live on this side instead of living on this side of the cross. Most of the times we are trying to fix ourselves instead of living out what has already been fixed. And that is why a lot of people don't live out the way that God wants us to live out our salvation. That is why Paul said to the people in Ephesians, be careful that you don't walk out of alignment with what has happened to you. Walk worthy of the calling of you being a child of God. Now, there's a story in the book of uh, Luke that I want us to uh, look at today. That helps us to, to uh, really, really grasp the things that I am talking about. Now, in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 31, it's a long passage. I'm not going to read it. But I want to tell you a story that is depicted in that passage. It's a story 
about two young men. The Bible just calls them, one was young, the other one was the elder brother. It doesn't tell us their names. And it says there was a certain man who had two children, two boys. One of them was young and he went to the father and said, can I have my inheritance? And the Bible says that the father gave him the inheritance and he went to a very far country and he squandered that on very, very sensual living. And then one day it hit him that, okay, I am living outside. I am living outside my calling. In my father's house, they don't live like this. So what I will do is that I will go back to my father, but instead of me going back as his son, I will go back and tell him that I am no longer your son. I will live in your house, but as a slave. So he wants to live in the father's house, not as a son, but as a slave. And the Bible says the father welcomed him very well. He ignored his request and said, don't worry about that. Come, you are still my son. And he even threw a party for him. Now, the elder brother came and found a party in the house. And he asked one of the servants, he said, excuse me, what's that noise about? You know, there was a piano, you know. <laughs> there was Jerusalem, you know, going, you know. <laughs> and everybody was having a great time. And then he said, why are you, why, why this? He says, your brother is back and your father is throwing a party. And then the elder brother, the Bible says, he threw a rage. He started to throw the toys off the table. And he said, you can't do that. You know, how can you throw a party for a sinner? This guy took your inheritance. And myself, I have been around all this time. Never even did you make me to have a, a party just with a small goat. This guy, you killed the whole cow. <laughs> now, when you look at that, that, those two people tell us about the two people that we find in church. The young brother and the elder brother. The young brother was full of shame because of what he had done. You know what he, he, he said to his father? I, am, I, I want to be in your house, but let me be a slave. That's how a lot of people live with God. Because of shame, they are overcompensating, trying to be slaves in their own father's house. They, they, they haven't received the forgiveness. They haven't accepted that they have been forgiven. So what do they do? They say, okay, I want this life. But you know what? Let me be a slave. And the father said to him, I don't want you to be a slave. I don't care what happened. I don't really care so much about what you went through. That's why he said, I am happy that now you are home. So tell somebody next to you that you are happy now that they are home. <laughs> yeah. 
that's that, that's that's what that's what it is all about. They, God is is happy that does he care about about the drugs that you did? No. He knows that when you did that you were outside of what you are. And now that you are home, your duty is to know how to live as a child of God. Because if you don't, you will live as if you are still there. You will live as if you are not home. You will be home living like you are outside home. Why? Because you haven't received the the forgiveness that your father has given you. You see, he goes to his father and he says, no, I want to be your slave. The father says, no, you are my son. The Bible says that he said to the servant, bring a robe. So they put a robe on him, affirming his identity. Affirming his identity to say, you are still my son. I know you messed up a lot, but you know what? That's fine. I'm sure that God also says, that's cool. Like, God, you know, that's cool, don't worry. (laughs) Just come. And then the second group of people, it's people that are full of guilt. You know, people that are full of guilt is this guy who lived in his father's house but couldn't throw a party. Have you seen people that are so religious and so holy, they are so holier than God? They are so righteous that they can actually teach God how to be holy. These are people that sometimes will tell you that you are sinning even when really what they are doing is just their own way of thinking. It's not really a sin that they are telling you about because they are holding back to living their own lives. Now, I usually tell people that, look, if I'm going to Polokwane, And I am on the highway. And I am driving at 119.59 in a 120 zone. And you decide to drive at 80% because you want the government to love you. It's your own fault. But don't stop me. Don't stop me. Because I am within the speed limit. The speed limit says 120. I am just one dot down. So I am okay. And there's a lot of people that live like that. They are so religious that they are putting brakes on people who want to live their lives. Even when these people are really not sitting at all. So you have to be careful that you are not a big brother or the young brother, but you are somebody who is living out of their identity within God's house. Live out of what has happened to you. Don't try to live outside or inside, but living as if you are outside. So it is very important that you check Like Paul said, be careful. Be careful that you don't live outside your alignment as children of God. Now, as I am going to close this this morning, 
I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 to 24. It says, but you have not learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. It is your duty to take off your old man. It is your duty to learn how to live. But that learning how to live does not mean that you are trying to become a child of God. You are learning how to live because you are a child of God. Are you seeing the difference? So going back to the story of Mpo, Mpo was not trying to become a South African by learning how to speak Sutu. Because he was a South African, he had to learn how to speak Sutu, his language. He was not trying to become a South African by learning driving on the left side of the road. Because he was in South Africa, he had to learn to drive on the right side of the road. The road. So there's a lot of people that have these things twisted. They think that by doing certain things, they are going to make God happy. No, because God happy, that's why you should do those things. God has already accepted you. God has already forgiven you. And God already has welcomed you in the house. And the Bible says he has given you a new name. In Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your, resp- your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renewing your mind, taking out shame, and living from your, your new identity, is so crucial because if you don't, you are going to be a person who is either in the house but is failing. Actually, the father said to this guy, he says, you have been living here with me. If you wanted to throw a party every single day, you would actually do that. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But because he was guilty He felt that by not doing that, it was going to make the father love him more. No, the father already loves you more. There's nothing you can do and nothing you cannot do. If you are a child of God, you have been accepted. So, renew your mind. Don't allow the things that are in your past to determine how you relate to God. When you get in the presence of God, the Bible says we must get there with boldness. You know, with boldness. I I, I can imagine if I was a president of this country and uh, my son Jethro wanted to come and see me in my official office as a president, I don't think that he would come like any other person who would make an appointment, who would, he would just budge in and say, how is it, dad? 
Because to him, I am not president. To him, I am his father. So God wants you to enter into his presence with boldness, with courage. Why? Because he is your father. Stop performing for God. Start receiving his forgiveness. Start receiving his grace. Start accepting yourself in his presence. Because if you don't, you are living outside what God wants you uh, to live from. Live from your new identity. Don't try to fix Adam in you. Try to live out Christ that is in you. Because many of us are very busy trying to fix Adam in us. Instead of knowing that now we have Christ and we have to live out Christ from the inside out. So may the Lord richly, richly bless you as you are going to walk worthy of the calling that God has called you into. And that calling is that of being a child of God. It doesn't matter. Your first, your first is being a child of God. Being a servant, being a worker, being anything comes second. The first thing that you have to deal with and accept is that you are a child of God and walk worthy of that. So may God bless you and uh, I hope that these ideas uh, helped you in some way and that you are going to take them and you're going to uh, help yourself. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.